Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Okay, welcome back. This is our mental health series that we are having discussing just the importance of considering our own personal mental health, the mental health of the people that we love, and something that Maurice Harker has asked everybody to consider. And it is, wouldn't it be helpful if mental health checkups were kind of a normal thing? Like, when you take your children to the dentist, it's really normal to get a checkup. When you take your child to regularly scheduled appointments to the pediatrician, that's just normal. It's what we do. And there are certain things put in place because we know physical health is just so important. Oral health is so important. And if we don't take care of those things, they can, you know, really struggle sometimes but mental health is something that has we tend to you know not think of as normal when it comes to setting up a checkup and that's something that was kind of neat to notice in one of our warrior mothers who know meetings we were discussing one of the mothers who had set up an appointment with Maurice Harker, because in our Warrior Mothers Who Know Q&A this month, he opened up 30-minute free appointments for anybody who wanted to have a mental health checkup for their child. And he said, I'm really good at this. And in 30 minutes, I could just really learn some really important things about people. And 
there doesn't have to be any concern even. It's just so helpful for people to just get over that hump of mental health therapist going to talk to somebody, you know, kind of a thing like, yeah, it's just, hi there. What's up in your life? What are you doing over there? And what do you like to do? And anyway, he just said, it's just really something that we should all make more normal. But after he extended that offer, one of the moms that set up an appointment for her son, she was worried about him not wanting to go, that it would make him sad or mad or offended that she had done that for him because he was kind of big. Like, I think he was 17 or 18 and she she was afraid that maybe the best way to do it was just to surprise him. And so she brought it up in Warrior Mothers You Know. And we said, you know, all of us kind of chimed in with our own experience and she came to her own conclusion that it would be better to, to not surprise him, to just let him know. But in our sharing, Laura, she said, well, you know, since we had that meeting with Maurice, I made all the dentist appointments for my girls. And I just approached them and said, all right, I have all your dentist appointments scheduled for the year. And I have also scheduled you each a mental health checkup. And anyway, they were all just sitting in the same room, these four girls, and they were like, okay. And then all of a sudden it hit one of them like, huh? What's a mental health checkup? And so Anyway, Laura just said to them, well, you know, it's just really important to get your mental health checked. And she, I think she, well, I know that she calls her daughters, like when instead of saying honey, she says, baby, she says, baby, mommy doesn't know everything. I don't know about mental health stuff, you know? And so she was just helping them to know, just like, I don't know about how to fix your teeth don't know how to do that either and so I've scheduled you for a mental health checkup and so we're all just going to go and it's going to be great and well what do we have to do and who are we talking to and how long is it and when is it and anyway she just answered every one of the questions in just a really matter-of-fact way and she expressed her love to them reminding them that yeah because she cared deeply about them she cared about their mental health and she'd scheduled that for them and they were all scheduled and they, and they pretty much said, okay, after all their questions were answered, okay, guess we're going. But it was super cool to hear how she worded it because then everybody um, listening, I don't know why that helps me so much. I think that helps a lot of women to just hear, what does it sound like when you do that in just a normalized way, you know? was kind of neat. So I'm here with Kelly and Sarah and Lucretia. They have been so wonderful to share in this mental health series with us. And I've asked them to just consider what's something you've noticed or thought about this week since our last episode. What's come to your mind about mental health? Because we all did that episode last week and we thought, wowzer. And Kelly, say right out loud what you said, because that was funny. The whole, what did you say? The whole, oh, wow, she's going to have us go. Yeah, you're going to dig a little deeper into my mess. 
<laughs> She's going to really keep digging. Oh, and I said, no, I'm done digging. We're done. I just would love to know some of your impressions because that's what we're asking the listeners to do is think about after they hear an episode, just think about what do I think about that? Or what do I think about what I shared or what came out in our episode? If you had any thoughts this week. I actually have. I went into the front room after I got off the podcast last week and I I just talked to my husband and told him how grateful I was that it took a long time, but that eventually I did get help and that I've been able to live in a world now where it's not seeing through a glass darkly. Mm. I am so grateful that the Lord led me to the people that could help me, that I was able to get the tools I needed to navigate through my life. And so, yeah, I've been thinking about that. And I've been thinking a lot about my grandkids and how grateful I am that we live in a world where we're actually talking about this now. I think I shared last week about my great nieces and nephews who are always talking to counselors. It's part of their physical therapy, emotional therapy. You know, they, they don't even differentiate at their household a difference. It's all part of their healing process. And I love that, that that's a norm for them and especially in their situation. So yes, I've been thinking a lot about how grateful I am that we have this podcast that we're doing to open it up and shine some light on the need for this to happen. So thanks for asking. Yeah, so good. Okay, Lucretia, what's been on your mind since we recorded our first episode? Well, first of all, I want to echo what Kelly said because I, you know, I just agree with everything she said. I could say, oh, I, I can just repeat everything she said and be done. But I've, I've just been more aware of what I am feeding my brain this week. Like I was, you know. I watched what I thought was going to be, you know, I watched it, my husband and I watched it, started watching a series, a television series, and it was pretty good and everything. But the problem was, and it was kind of like an evening soap opera, you know, I mean, because the episodes are something, the problems that go on and so on. Anyway, I went to bed that night and I just ended up dreaming about how to solve these people's problems the whole night. And I just thought, I am just too sensitive a soul. I cannot even finish watching this series because, you know, I have my own issues. I don't need to be, you know, working on fictitious issues. So anyway, I've just been more aware. I've been aware that, that, for example, that it's just so important to even be aware of your first thoughts in the morning. And even if you're not you know, be aware of the accidental thoughts, be aware of what, you know, what purposefully are you going to say to yourself first thing in the morning? And so I've just been really diligent in, in having a scripture, for example, that I repeat. When I first get up in the morning, I have a three by five card and I read this scripture or I open up my gospel library app and I read the scripture and then I actually get, like reading the three other scriptures that follow them with it. So. That's just kind of what I've been at, just recognizing 
But this is really important. And just like I'm careful about the food I put into my body, I've just been really aware of what I am watching and listening to and exposing myself to. Mm, that's, that's awesome. So good. Sarah, how about you? What's crossed your mind this week other than lots of other things? What's crossed my mind is probably similar to what Kelly and Lucretia shared. I, I don't, you know, I won't repeat what they shared, but I've also been very, very aware of what is going into my brain, going into my body since that episode. And I also have kind of been, it's almost like I've become a magnet for other helpful resources and I listened to a podcast this week called Out of the Dark. It's with Mendisa and Laura Williams. And Laura is a therapist and Mendisa is an amazing Christian singer. And they shared on there something that I just love, which was, you know, we have news. We have news about what's going on in our brain. We have news about what's happening in our body. But then there's God's truth. And it just really resonated with me that the news is, there's, there's all this news that I, you know, made some choices. I wish I hadn't have made raising my children. There's all these news that there's things happened as a child for me or for my husband. But the truth is, regardless of those things, the atonement of Jesus Christ is the answer. The truth is I'm still a daughter of God. I'm still heir to his throne. I'm still a goddess in the making. And that's the truth. So I love the differentiation of news versus truth and just how that's helped me process some of the thoughts. And, you know, that's been, that's been super good just to, to have another tool in my toolkit for my arsenal against Satan. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's like the, I love that. It's like, truth there's it it made me think of like news but also made me think there are true things like it might be true that you do struggle with mental health issues or that you've had some things in your past that have caused you to need some mental health support or notice that you would have benefited from that and that might be true but truth is connected to eternal things And it's always higher and covers all of the things that are actually like, yeah, that's true. That's happening in mortality. It's really happening and it's not always easy. So yeah, it's, that's really cool. Yeah. I also listened this week, listened to a a talk again by Jeffrey R. Holland and he talked about how, you know, because Satan never, ever will progress, never, ever is going to get a body. Then those attacks are on our mind, on our brains, our bodies. And they are, you know, no wonder those are where the attacks are because mm-hmm. it's the thing that can stop us from progressing. It's the thing that can stop us from becoming who we are ultimately designed to be. And the answer still is the savior. It's still always the savior. So it was lots of, lots of insight that drew me right back to the savior this week. That's excellent. So excellent to notice that the savior can be just that statement of he's in all things. He's through all things. doesn't matter what 
what the topic is. Yeah, if it has light in it or needs some light in it, he's, a, he's the answer. Thanks for that. So ladies, as we're considering this mental health thing, that one of the things that I thought of that I was really grateful for is how many times we as women, I know me personally, just when we start noticing, I wonder if there's something going on with me. I wonder if there's something wrong with me. I wonder if I need some mental health support. I'm noticing that my family is needing support or anyway, there's just a lot of cause to ask that, especially in our day. And we still feel so isolated and maybe like we're the only one who's dealing with mental health issues at our house. Because when I look over there at all of you, you look perfectly awesome. And then I think, ah, oh, but we don't. But the thing is, when everybody looks over here at me, they're thinking, she looks perfectly awesome. I think everybody needs to understand. That's what I thought so much is, how could I have asked just randomly, hey, I just need some volunteers to help me with this mental health podcast series. And just the women who said, sure. I could help. I didn't go seeking. I know you have a story. So would you come talk on this podcast? It was just, no, I'm happy to help with that. And every single one of the six women that have participated have had really significant things to share about mental health and why it's something we should be more aware of. And each one of us needed some support. And we all have noticed that our families too have been affected and things like that. So anyway, that was the biggest thing that I've thought about is how often do we feel like we're the only sucker amongst the lollipops? Do you know I mean, it's just like, that's what that looks like. When everybody has such similar experiences, they might not match exactly, but we all have the same hearts, the same feelings, same, you know, the same enemy and the same savior. And we're all under Heavenly Father's plan. And we're all going through mortality with a lot of bumps and turns and things to navigate. And so I just hope that we're all hearing that if you have mental health things going on at your house, this is fun to consider. Wouldn't it be fun if we just thought that's super normal? <laughs> that's super normal. So yeah, so good. So you ladies, as you consider this concept of what are some of the things that come to your mind when you think, well, how could it look different for someone now? Even if you just imagine, imagine I could rewind and do something again, what would that have looked like with my kids in this day? The day that Kelly mentioned, we're all talking about it. Not everybody is looking at mental health through a glass darkly. You know, we're talking about this stuff more. Is that something that would have been a thought for you as a mom? 
to just consider, yeah, totally. Can we just really talk about mental health, that it's a thing just like our physical health? We get mental health checkups, just like we go to the dentist. Like, what are some of your thoughts, Kelly? Well, I have to say, I think life would have been so much better for my kids had I understood more about mental health. I think if I could do a rewind and do over, I would definitely talk about my struggles so that they had a better understanding of where mommy was coming from. I think for sure I would have helped them understand their struggles and not, I was raised, you know, buck up and you're fine. (laughs) No matter what it was, if I got hurt, that's okay. There was, you just buck up and be a cowboy, you know, (laughs) you just, you take it. And so they, I was not nurtured in through some of my traumas. And so they were not nurtured in their trauma. So I think one of the, the big things I would have changed is that I would have allowed my children to feel their emotions and to experience nurture through them. I also think just like we talked about, I would have helped them feel comfortable talking to therapists and other people through their anxieties. I don't believe that some of my children would have had quite the struggle they do with anxiety had we not known about these things more. I I think they've gotten magnified because we didn't take care of them when they were small. I, I spent the day today watching videos on how to repair a leather couch because I have a little tiny tear in this leather couch. And I know the concept that if I don't take care of this little tiny thing now, it's just going to get bigger and then it's going to get harder to deal with. And I think that's the same thing that happened with me. They didn't help me. I didn't get the help I needed when I was young, when it was just small and we could have addressed it. And so I think that's what I would address a lot of those small things that I noticed when my kids were small, I would have taken them to someone who knew how to help them, who knew how to repair that hole a little better than I did as a mother. Anyway, I I don't know if I'm making much sense, but that's my feeling. If I got a chance to do a do-over, I would definitely nurture more, love more, and talk more about it and seek help when things were first noticed, when I first noticed things for sure that might've kept things from getting magnified for my kids. Mm -hmm. And Kelly, will you just think about this? How do you think, just think of one way that maybe you could have used just your Kelly-ness to make it more normal to talk about in your home? No. So be thinking about that. I already know how I would talk about okay. it with my Kellyness because Karen knows that I like to make everything be like a game or something like that. Something where you have an object lesson to learn. That's because that's the way the Lord teaches me. So as we were talking about this right at the very beginning of the podcast, I 
I had this vision of one of those kinetic balls, you know, that's red, yellow, and blue. And, and if you push on it, it goes small. And if you pull on it, it goes big. Do you guys know what I'm talking yeah, about? Totally. Those balls. Yeah. And I kept thinking, you know, we cannot separate. We're like those balls. We cannot separate spiritual and physical and mental. They are all together. And if one thing's out of balance, they're all out of balance. And so I would absolutely buy myself one of these balls <laughs> and teach my kids how all of these things are connected and that without balance, they couldn't roll. <laughs> they would be like a flat basketball that couldn't go through life happy and bouncing if they don't, you know have everything in balance so that's that's exactly what came to my mind so i was excited that you actually felt prompted to ask me because i was like we're like those kinetic balls we just we're just all connected all our reds yellows and blues yeah so good thank you kelly and that's so fun that's why i said in your kellyness because i know there's a lucretianess and a sarahness right? I just know there's, we all would do that or approach that in a way that fits our style. You know, if we were to approach that in a, how do I talk about that in a more normalized way for our, for our family or whatever. So Lucretia, as you consider, yeah, that whole kind of leaning into, yeah, what would that be like? And what would your desire be for like your grandkids and as you look back and think you know maybe that would have been helpful to to if you were a young mom and you had your big kids were younger kids you know what would that be like in our day to make it more normalized <clears throat> well first of all i have to just i've got to put a plug for your mom power series because I was in counseling off and on for many years until I found your mom power series and wow. found life-changing services. And nothing had helped me personally hmm. until I learned the truths that you teach in those eight lessons. And then the truths that I taught in taking the Eternal Warriors course mm -hmm. with life-changing services and becoming part of one of your teams and so on. And if I, I wish I could, I if I had done this, if I had had that information, one of the things that I would have, you know, been able to, to talk to my children about, and I, I'm doing it now in a very subtle way, is that not every thought in our head is a trusted thought. Because mm. I would be so down on myself for not being able to overcome some of these things, not recognizing the true source of them. You know, Maurice talks about the fact that there's no such thing as negative self-talk. He says, we don't do that to ourselves. Mm. Yet that's what we learn. So I would, you know, I certainly think this is important, but I would be very careful who I brought my children to because 
if they don't have these truths, I'd be afraid they'd mess my kids up more than I was. So yeah, if I could do over, I wish I had that information because one of the things that if you listen to the last podcast, the one thing that I did get from having lost the person who was my mother when I was five was a total commitment. I mean, I knew how important a mother was because I had lost mine. I had lost the person who was my mother. And so I grew up with the determination, as I said last week, that I was going to be there for my kids. I was, you know, and when I first, I'll, I'll just share this with you a little bit deeper. The first time that I sought counseling was when I had some really dark thoughts about possibly leaving the planet. And I thought, I can't ba- abandon my children. I need help. And that's what I did to, you know, I, I went and, and got help. And then off and on, I realized that, you know, I'd get to a certain point and then I'd stop. But nothing has really made the significant changes in my mental health since finding you, Karen, and then going on to the other life-changing services courses and and resources and so on. And so, and I don't know if there are a lot of other places out there. And I'm just so grateful for the technology that allows us to do things remotely. I, I mean, I think that's one of the blessings of the pandemic. I really do. I mean, I know it's been really challenging for a lot of people, but I mean, for me, it opened up avenues that I probably wouldn't have, I don't know. I mean, I'd like uh, Sarah said earlier, I mean, these resources have been put in my path and I've been grateful that I was able to take advantage of them. And I just wish I'm not in a position as a mom now with my children to do that because of where they're at in their lives. But I wish I could talk more frankly about the truths that you teach. And I would have my you know, daughter, who's a young mother, attend mm-hmm. your mom power series. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, she has a four-year-old, but all of them, you know, all of them, because of my example, I give them all of, all of my children when they've needed help have, have sought counseling. That is awesome. So because you were open about I kind of need support. So I go to counseling. They thought if I need support, I think I'll go to some counseling. That's awesome. That's really cool too. Amazing when you consider the whole, yeah, it's like shining light. It makes me think of President Packer's quote, the one that we quote quite often, and it's about The study of the gospel will change behavior faster than the study of behavior will change behavior. Like, you know, shining light on really smart things, but just everything needs light in it. It needs the light of the gospel in it. And also the awareness of the battlefield that we all are on in mortality. So good. Thanks for that, Lucretia. So sweet. Okay, Sarah, what comes to your mind when you think, hmm, that's fun to consider. What would that look like? How would I normalize that? So interesting that this is the question for this week because I just got called to be activity days leader this Uh weekend. 
called set apart and getting started on that. And I was been praying about that new calling. And I thought these eight to 11 year old girls were, you know, that was, that was that time period when everything started falling apart for me in my own life. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what would I want these, what would I have wanted to know? What would make the biggest difference? And so I've been thinking about just asking God about that. And I know some of the things that he wants them to know are that they are daughters of God. I know some of the things he also wants them to know is, you know, like it has been shared already is that not every voice is a trusted voice. I know he wants them to know that they are safe to be in charge of their body. Like, you know, so the good pictures, bad pictures needs to be understood, you know, as far as what we are to look at versus not look at. Also, I think that they need to understand about filters and things like that, as far as the, the body dysmorphia that's happening online because of all these crazy filters. So I want them to know, and I think that Heavenly Father wants them to know that they are, they are a hundred percent beautiful filter free. <laughs> that no matter what they're wearing, what their hair looks like, they are a hundred percent beautiful and lovable in the eyes of Heavenly Father. And they don't have to have any kind of filter to just to be able to receive his love, his forgiveness, his support. I, I would want them to know that scrupulosity is a real thing. And so if they find themselves feeling like they have to do something to be able to receive that forgiveness beyond repenting, they have to do something to be able to be acceptable beyond being themselves. They don't have to read scriptures more, pray more, do these things more just to be enough. I, I don't know if that makes any sense what I'm saying, but a lot of, I'm, I'm realizing a lot of women and a lot of young women struggle with this OCD around religious things because we have this standard of being perfect and this desire to be perfect in our, in our culture, uh, our, our faith as members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so I want them to know that I'd want to make it fun. I want to show them a, um, a hand model of their brain and say, how are we feeling girls? Like, are, is our brain all fisted up and good? Can we, are we really grooved or are we like flipped? Are we, you know, it has our lid been flipped. And so just teaching them to check in with themselves, like, and teaching them to be still that it's in the still moments that God can talk to you and you're able to hear him. It's not about the busyness and the racing and the always being on the phone. It's about taking time to be still. So all, all, a lot of these principles I learned, you know, in becoming a brain health coach and getting mental health certified, but a lot of them I learned in mom power and in doing eternal warriors with my husband, we took the course together and then we became eternal warrior mentors as well. And so we had basically 26 weeks of back to back to back to back to back training with eternal warriors. And I also had my daughter go through the course. If I had the option to let my, you know, to have my sons go through it and I would maybe one day 
but definitely I will advocate for that for my, for my grandchildren when they're in that eight to 11 years old age, encouraging them to start learning about their brain and learning about what's true and not true and learning about those trusted voices and learning about eating well and taking care of their physical health because it impacts your mental health as well. So, so many things. (laughs) Yeah. So good. Oh, so good. Oh, I feel like we could do a whole nother episode because I'm thinking, well, what about talking about, so how would you, how would you find the right mental health care provider? How, what, how old should they be when you start doing that? Let's see. What do you do when your kids resist? What if you've been doing it one way forever and your kids think, I don't want anybody to know something's wrong with me. If I do that, they'll think think something's wrong with me. You know, how do we just kind of change the narrative around everything? So everybody can, there's something wrong with you. If you aren't getting mental health checkups, you know, you don't get mental health checkups? Why? Yeah, go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> you know, I love the Olympics. I love sports. I love doing that. And I was so floored by the courage that Simone Bile had to say, my mental health is in jeopardy. And that, you know, the swimmer, gosh, hope I can remember his name yeah joined in that I mean he's been an advocate for that for a long time it's his cause yeah platform yeah his Mm -hmm. platform is is the mental health because these elite athletes are under such high pressure to perform and such stress and I just think that it's going to be cool the cool thing if we make it the cool thing instead of being i don't want people to know we we gotta make it be the cool thing Mm -hmm. like these two athletes did you know for the whole world at the olympics you know hey i have to have this be right before i can get out there and do these twisties because i'm not right yeah (laughs) anyway i just think we can make it be the cool thing. If we can make it be the cool thing. We will not have a problem getting our kids to get the help they need. Yeah, so good. Yeah, Lucretia, please. Well, I think the other thing that has to happen, Karen, though, is that it needs to be more affordable. I don't know if in terms of insurance and so on, because that also, I know, was kind of a class thing. I mean, People that went and got mental health help mm-hmm. usually were more well off right. than people who weren't. And so for many families, it wasn't an option. And because you just couldn't afford it, so that would be something else to bring into the, you know, obviously into the conversation. But I like what Sarah said, you know, we were talking in terms of starting, I think eight to 11 is the perfect age, I think, to start some of these discussions and, you know, checkups that we're talking about. Yeah, so good. Yeah, Sarah, go for it. Gals are so great. You know, I talked about the eight to 11 year old time period, because that's, you know, what I'm 
this stewardship I have in this calling. But I also think from when they're tiny, like as soon as I have grandbabies, I mean, I know my daughter will do this because she is so such a proponent of mental health and she is, you know, an eternal warrior gal. And so I know that that's something that she will do because we've talked about it. But if I was a new mama, I would from the beginning, as soon as we're having conversations, we would talk about, we would talk about it through stories. How are you feeling? You know, and I have a book that my aunt actually made to me, which is Sarah's feelings book. And it has all these little dinosaurs and they all, you know, Sammy sad and, you know, like frumpy Freddie, or I, I don't know, I'm just making up names, but it was a book about my feelings so that I could help. I could understand as a young girl, what my feelings were, which kind of helps a child be able to discuss what are they feeling? What does that look like? And then right away when they're, when you're having those conversations, as soon as they learn to dialogue, as soon as they learn to speak, start having conversations about truth and feelings and your brain and how to, you know, how does that food make you feel like start helping them recognize from the very beginning, how they feel after they eat something, how they feel after they exercise, how they feel after a nap. So that they can tie self-care with mental health and the experience of the body with how it connects to experiences of the brain. You can do that from when they're like itty bitty bitty. Mm. And then they may develop self-care practices that lead to better brain health. Mm -hmm. So that some of these experiences that children have now could have been prevented, honestly had they had better self-care and better, you know, the whole family dynamic had better ability to manage trauma and even prevent trauma in some cases. Yeah, that's so good. One of the things I have been able to do in my own home, and a lot of it is because I recognize my own need for increased understanding about my own mental health and how I cared for my spirit and my body and my mind, all those things, how they were connected, like you mentioned, Kelly, with the ball. But it wasn't until I got older where I realized, you know what? I just have seen enough evidence with myself, with my children, who I thought nobody's going to have any troubles. And then everybody needed some support with mental health challenges from different angles. And then I have a 10 year span and two kids. So there's like this 10 year difference in how people are being raised and the whole digital age and how everything's just, you know, when your kids are born into technology and they're just, yeah, there's just this, it's different than before technology was a thing. I've been much better at just being more transparent. I hired myself a coach. I think I'm going to a therapist. I think I'll be going to a therapist for a while. Like just talking that I need some support and why I love going to powerful meetings with women and talking about challenging things 
so that we all know how to solve them in a much better way. That it's empowering and good. And anyway, I just think it's been interesting to notice that my two younger kids have been way more open to mental health support. And I've been much more open to noticing, I think we need some mental health support. And my older kids, I was at the school of, shh, nobody needs mental health support, <laughs> right? I don't need it. And I think we're good. I think we're gonna be fine. You know, when I didn't know if we were gonna be fine, I was just the mom. So yeah, I think it's really challenging to, I don't know, to be the mom who can just say, yeah, I don't know it all. It's not my job to know it all. And it's okay if I don't know it all. And I think I could be a little more transparent about my own struggles. And because that's one thing I'm noticing is the moms that I know that have a really hard time saying that something's going on with them, their kids also have a hard time saying something's going on with me. Because it's almost like this undertone of, you know, things aren't going on even when they're going on. And so, I don't know, it's tricky. I think there's a learning curve or an adjusting curve that moms need to take that kind of meets kids where they're at with mental health and it requires us to be a little more willing to meet ourselves where we're at with our own mental health and that can be kind of scary when we're of the school of shh nobody has any mental health problems but if we can say wow I think that that was probably the biggest thing in my home that made it more normalized was for me to just get more real about I'm kind of a mess and it's super normal to be messy. Yeah, made a big difference, but yeah. So let's see, ladies, there's so many places to go here. I, I do wanna ask you this, is it okay for a mom to do exactly what Laura did, to be not ever doing mental health checkups, then hearing in a meeting that was a good idea and understanding in her own heart, that is a good idea. I know all of my daughters could use some support in that area, but nobody's on fire, like, right? I don't, I'm not sure what's underneath all that stuff that they're going through, but I'm just going like this with my fingers crossed and praying really hard that we're all going to make it. But when she heard Marie say, here's these free appointments, she was like, my girls need that. We are going to, we're going to check that out. And then just to come right out and say, I've scheduled it. Or is it better to just go ask him, how do you feel about mental health? Could I make you an appointment for a mental health checkup? What's your opinion on that? Some of your thoughts. Well, I have to say, it really depends on how old they are. I was going to say, I have grandchildren and I have a six-year-old, eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 12-year-old. Six-year-old, 
great. Do we get to have ice cream after I go? You know, the 12 year old, what have you got me into? And no, I'm not going to do that. You know, she might be very resistant, you know, depending on how I approached it with her. Mm -hmm. And me as the Grammy, I, I wouldn't be my role to do it. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. But if they were my children that age, but I, I think honestly that they're our stewardship. And while they are under the age of adulthood, I would say that we have every right and responsibility to help guide them to the help that they might need and to be part of it. But I, I definitely think how we approach it would be, would be different according to their age, I think. So good. Love it. Yeah. What other thoughts come to your mind? How would a mom approach that? I think that comes with your, what you were just saying about the normalization of it. I mean, if it's just something that our family does, then it's just something our family does. I, I think it's just normalizing it. And, yeah. and, and, and also then it becomes valuable. It's something we value. Right. Uh, it becomes part of our value system. Yeah. You know, it makes me wonder, it makes me think about how much my parents valued me brushing my teeth and how much I didn't value that when I was younger. Right. And then as I got older, I really valued brushing my teeth because there were some, I don't know, there were some social things to having clean teeth. Right. But when I was younger, I was like, why would I, I don't want to do that. You know, so I would do it because they told me to do it. And it's what we did. But I just think, yeah, when you kind of compare mental health to things that can just be paralleled, like what did we do for our mental health today? Like, you know, praying is for mental health. There's lots of things that can be for mental health that we can do on a daily basis, like brush our teeth. I don't know. It's just interesting to consider off of what you said, Lucretia, just, yeah, it's just kind of what we do. We really care. We really value our mental health because we've taught our families. We really value our spiritual life. If you're in an LDS home, right? So anyway, Sarah, please. So a couple points that you pointed out, as well as Lucretia pointed out that, you know, the mental health industry definitely kind of needs to shift because not everyone has access and especially not the people often that really, really need it. And so that being said, there are some, you know, there are definitely community resources that are available and support groups are available. So if a mom is listening to this and she says, well, that's really nice. I would love to have mental health wellness checkups and even a therapist appointment for my family, but you know, $125 per person per time yeah. who, who can afford that. Right. Even if your copay is only 15 times several children times every week, you know, depending on what your family needs, we're looking at a lot, a lot of cash outlaid. So I, I definitely think yes, normalize the conversation. Absolutely. I think perhaps maybe making it a part of the well child checkups when the children are young, 
just call the pediatrician and say, hey, can you just ask a few questions, make them really normal. Just ask a few questions, let the child answer. What, so that we're asking these questions. How are you feeling? How's school going? What's this or that like for you? If we made that part of the well-child conversation, even if it takes mom prepping the pediatrician beforehand, then we're going to open up the dialogue about what's going on, even if you can't afford you know, mental health checkups. The second thing would be that when you, if you do feel like we really got to get something going on with this to help as a support for this child, then do some pre-screening as a parent. I called our insurance and I asked for a big old long list that was covered. And then I went online and I did my due diligence. I checked their website. I checked Google reviews. I did some due diligence and I matched my kids with who I thought would be. I matched myself. I even pre-screened for my husband with here's what I know that they're going to want. Here's what I know their temperament, their personality would be suited for. And then we said, I told my kids and we're going to try this person out. If you don't love it, the first, second time I, I gave, I said, I want you to try it for two times. Cause that first one is just to get to know you, right? It's just a, you know, tell me what's going on in your life, <laughs> but I want you to try it for these two times. If you really feel like that's not a good fit, that's great. We'll try somebody else, but we're going to find someone that's going to support you in working through what you need to have worked on because you deserve the support to be able to move past the struggle. And so those are a couple things, you know, as a mama, do your due diligence as a mama advocate for your kids. Like Kelly talked about Lucretia, Lucretia talked about, and you talked about absolutely go get them the help and don't stand behind the judgment as a mom that probably many of us stood behind of, oh my gosh, what are the neighbors going to think if my child is getting a therapist or, oh my goodness, what are the, the, the youth group leaders going to think? What are the people in relief society going to think if they know my child's seeing a therapist or if I'm seeing a therapist, get over it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like seriously, because if you don't pre do these things in when they really get started with it, promise you, you will pay big time later. <laughs> Speaking yeah. from experience as someone who paid $120,000 on mental health last year for yeah. our family, sad, but true story. Wish that we had spent money years ago when the symptoms, the symptomology of what's yeah. really going on had started showing up. So. Wow. Just a few thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Thanks for that vulnerability too. Cause there are other women out there who are thinking me too, but I would never say that out loud. So, I mean, it's just so valuable that you would said that out loud. Cause some women are like, I totally thought I was the only one that would do something like that, but it's required when things get pretty steep and it's the, it's the avenue that we're taking to to salvage and kind of readjust the fallout of things that maybe, maybe it could have been different, but it is what it is now. Right. But yeah, there's a lot required. And I think that's one 
final thought I would share. You gals think if you have any final thoughts and it would be no matter where you're at with your mental health story personally, no matter where you're at with what you're, you know, as you consider, well, how would I approach this mental health normalizing this with my family, with my children? Maybe how could I do this different? I just think one of the most important things we can do as moms is realize that we're going to do a lot of things wrong, a ton of things wrong. We're going to make a lot of mistakes and it's going to look like and feel like, shoot, I did that wrong. And so that is me. I caused that. That's my fault. You know what? We are in a place where we kind of, we do what we know and we do our best where we know those things. That's really important to have some compassion for ourselves, but it's super important for us to say, you know what, now that I know different, I think I'm going to do it different. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but maybe what's my first step? What could I know more about? And then also it's always okay to say to your kids, I know I said this about the topic of mental health, but now I've learned some things. I'm thinking I'm going to adjust. I kind of, I feel better about that. And so I know it's going to be different, but because I'm the mom, I am, yeah, I'm, I'm requesting that you understand that just like we all learn new things or make mistakes and need to change. One of the things I have to do as a parent is that very thing. I'm not always right. I do make mistakes. And so I'm sorry, even like, I'm sorry that I thought this way about mental health for so long, because now I see that's caused you a lot of discomfort that, you know, maybe you would have not thought if I didn't think like I think, you know, so let's adjust and see how we can do this different, but it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to change. It's okay to, to do it different. And yeah, Kelly, you had some. I did because I, I used to get really bullied by the adversary with thoughts of guilt about how my children were, were raised with a mom who was wackadoodle. So one of the things that has helped me immensely is knowing that Heavenly Father knew exactly what trauma I'd experienced as a child. He knew exactly what kind of mother I was going to be. And he sent those kids to me anyway. So he must have trusted enough that the things that I was going to bring to them were the very things and experiences they needed to be in their journey mm -hmm. to him. And that has given me so much peace. So every time the adversary tries to guilt me about how I raised my children, I remind him, the Lord sent them to me anyway. <laughs> he, he, he needed them to have those experiences so that they could know how to choose and how to grow in this life. So it's, it's just been something that's helped me a lot with mm. dealing with the bullying that I've been getting from the adversary about my mothering. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Any, anybody else, any final thoughts? 
you gals have been so lovely, so helpful. Yeah, so good. Well, thank you so much for being with us. And yeah, if you have anything to add to this conversation or would love to share your thoughts, you're welcome to email us at mothers who know at lifechangingservices.org. We'd love to hear some of your thoughts about this mental health conversation. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers Who Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA-age young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under MothersYouKnow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know, and on Instagram, username at Mothers underscore Who Know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to MomPowerTraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week Mom Power Training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at MothersWhoKnow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at LifeChangingServices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at MothersWhoKnow at LifeChangingServices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.